Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a side quill to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey folks, welcome back to the Americans. Um, just to warn you, this week's episode has got the sexy in it. So um, if you blush at um, certain descriptions, um, then you may not want to listen to this one. Or you may want to listen in private. You know, I really could just have been a porn composer. I'd be like the Bobby McFerrin of porn composers. Seriously. I can do that whole guitar that See, I'm good at that shit. Dang, Skippy. All right, enough of my new career. Um, hey, the Americans, it's rocking along. In fact, um, May has um, broken records for um, month you know, downloads. Uh, there are people checking out Dead Mech who haven't listened to that before. That's cool to still see that rocking and rolling. And there are people who are just listening to a shit ton of the Americans. And I thank those people. And those people are you. So you've been thanked. Don't say I didn't thank you. I have. I did. You've been thanked. All right. Hey, be sure and go to jakebible.com. Look at those links. Go buy some books. That's why I'm here. Sell me some books. Give you guys some good fiction. That's good stuff. If you hear a bunch of thumping and crumping and blump, blump, blumping, I am uh, recording this down in the basement, and the kids are having a good time upstairs. Here, I'll be quiet for a second. You hear that? Seriously, that's the state our house is in. It creaks and it groans. So buy books because I need a new floor, damn it. See how I segued, how I just kind of push that right in there? Wasn't that good? Buy books and then all of a sudden, hey, there's noise. Oh, what's he doing? He's going on a tangent. And then, oh, bam, back to the books because I need money because, no, seriously, I need a new floor. So anyway, I think that's about it. Um, while I'm recording this intro, everybody's at Balticon. You people suck. You suck. You suck. No, I'm just jealous. I'll be there next year. That's that's something. If you buy books. Dang, I'm good. I did it again. See, buy books. New floor. Go to Balticon. See, you know, that's that's what I'm here for, folks. Sell you some fiction so I can do things that need to be done. You know, new flooring and go to cons. All right, I think that's about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish rambling here. Uh, check out promos at the end or promo. I'm not sure. I put out a little call for promos and I only got one person who said, um, "Hey, here's my promo." 
So maybe there'll only be one, but we'll see. Maybe there's more. I haven't checked my email today, so you just don't know. Okay. Oh, I said there would be no more rambling, and I rambled some more. Dang it. All right. We're going to get right into the fiction here. Hope everyone is having some good, good springtime. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks, as always. Cheers, y'all. Chapter 17 the struggle towards consciousness was difficult, but Heather knew she had to wake up. She knew that if she wanted to see Melissa alive again, she would have to fight through the intense pain, fight through the blackness that pushed down on her that kept her mind from coming to the surface. She knew she would have to fight with everything she had in her. She's coming around, doctor, a voice echoed from far away. Excellent, another voice responded. We can record her reactions to pain stimulus and see if the nanotech has affected her nervous system as well. Heather heard all this, but understood none of what was being said. All she could think about was that her body felt like it was on fire and her insides burned. She tried to move her arms, but found them unresponsive. She tried to kick out, but with the same lack of results. Ah, I see you are attempting one of your famed escapes the second voice said. Do not bother, Miss Walton. I have severed the tendons to your arms and your legs, just in case you came awake on us. Good thinking on my part, since the anesthetic should have kept you unconscious for hours longer. I also added a little something extra to dull those ghost abilities of yours. Focusing every ounce of energy she had, Heather forced her eyes to open. She was instantly blinded by bright surgical lights. Trying to move her head about so she could assess her situation proved as useless as her attempts with her arms and legs. A man's face, half covered by a surgical mask, leaned into her line of vision, blocking the light for a moment. I have also severed the tendons to your neck, the man said. It's easier than trying to restrain you while we take a look at that new brain of yours. No, Heather whispered, her throat a raspy dry bed of glass. Oh yes, the man said excitedly. We've taken chunk after chunk of it out to study, and every time it grows back, it's quite remarkable. Doctor... The first voice interrupted, and Heather thought it might be a woman's voice, but she was still too groggy to truly know. Doctor, her lower right leg has returned to full form. Shall I amputate again? Please do, Miss Soslowski, Dr. Stillig replied. The more samples we have to work with, the better. What are you doing to me? Heather struggled to say. Dissecting you for further study, of course. The doctor responded as the whir of a bone saw filled the room. You are quite amazing. I am sure the person that developed this tech had no idea what would happen when it was introduced into the system of a ghost. Microscopic robots inside a human genetically engineered to have complete physical control over metal. It's astounding! Heather felt herself jerk and buck and her vision was clouded by the red-black goo she began to cough up. Of course, the nanotech isn't made from B.C., Dr. Stillig said, so... Unfortunately, there are some serious side effects, but I doubt they will be fatal, at least not in the short term. The bone saw cut through her flesh and into her tibia. Heather tried not to scream against the pain, tried not to give the doctor his sick satisfaction of proving that her nervous system was intact and working, but she could only hold out so long. Wake up, Beth pleaded, shaking Melissa's still form. Please, Mel, please wake up. Melissa lay prone upon the concrete floor of the small cell they had been dumped in. There wasn't any light above, and the room was only dimly lit by the hallway light filtering from under the cell door. Beth shook Melissa again, this time with more force, but the girl didn't move. 
If it wasn't for her rhythmic breathing, Beth would have thought her dead. I've got to get us out of here, she whispered, getting painfully to her feet. Her mind still felt fuzzy from whatever they had been drugged with, and she wobbled a bit on unsteady legs. Slowly and methodically, she ran her hands over the walls, the door, the floor, trying to figure out some way to escape, but soon realized she didn't even know what she was looking at. Who was she kidding? She wasn't a ghost. She'd only just found out she was American. She slumped against the wall and tried not to cry. She knew she had something in her that could help, but she proved it on the beach back in the Netherlands. Of course, none of that had been conscious. It just had happened. Please, she whispered in the dark, trying to coax that other part of her out. Please, I, I need help. Hear that, Brian? The woman asked, slapping Brian across the face, bringing him out of his quiet daze. Time to go to work. How many f fingers do I have left? Brian asked. Does it matter? The woman answered. To me, yes, it matters, Brian responded, waiting for whatever pain the woman was going to inflict upon him. Instead, he felt her straddle his lap, reaching down and unbuttoning his fly. Oh, Brian, I don't think you need fingers for what's next. The woman sighed into his ear as she reached into his pants, grabbing his surprisingly responsive penis. I think you have what we need right here. Beth felt strange. It was a feeling she knew before, a feeling she had when she visited... Um, his name escaped her. Her stomach began to flutter and her skin flushed. She got to her feet and put her hands against the door, slowly slapping the surface to a primal rhythm. Hey, she called out, her voice suddenly a half octave lower. Not a girl's voice, but a woman's voice. Hey, anyone out there? I need some help, please. I need help. Bad. Brian's breathing quickened as the woman stroked him up and down, up and down. What are you doing? Did you miss that class in school, Brian? The woman mocked. Do you want me to stop? Is touching you in your bathing suit area making you uncomfortable? Brian wanted to say yes, but knew it would come out sounding insincere. No, but I don't understand. Your job isn't to understand, Brian. The woman cooed as she yanked at his pants, pulling them down around his ankles. Your job is to help her. Hello? Beth said, her breathing deepening, her legs getting warm. She could feel herself getting wet, and while alarmed, she couldn't help but go with it. Her fingers traced the outline of the door. If there's anyone out there, I think you've made a mistake. I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm not going to try to escape. She slumped to the ground, her back against the door. Please open up. I know you can see me. I'm harmless. Her hands moved to her belly, feeling the muscles under her skin, and she shivered at the sensation. Are you fucking watching this? A guard said, elbowing the other guard on duty in the security hollow room. I think one of the girls is about to beat off. Girls don't beat off, the other guard answered, lazily glancing over at the hollow. They finger themselves. Same thing, the first guard said, his eyes glued to the image. Either way, this is getting hot. The second guard laughed. Go have some fun if you want. I'll lock you in so they can't go anywhere. What if it's a trap? The first guard asked, 
The second guard laughed as he watched Beth's hands go between her crotch, and her body jerked with pleasure. Then it's a pretty fucking good trap. The woman's fingers traced up and down Brian's thighs, caressing his balls and moving across his penis as it throbbed. He shuddered again and again. Hold on now, stud, the woman laughed. Don't get too excited. We have work to do. Pace yourself. I don't get this, Brian sighed. I don't get this at all. Wet lips kissed the head of his penis and he shook all over. You're about to get it, the woman laughed. You're about to get it all. Beth heard the lock mechanism click, and she reluctantly pushed herself away from the door, letting the guard squeeze through into the cell. What the fuck are you doing in here? The guard asked, his hands fingering the clasp to his uniform. For a moment, Beth grew confused. What, what was she doing? Was she about to masturbate? Was she doing that to lure in the guard? There was sure to be at least one other guard watching. What was she trying to gain? All of this went through her mind as she got to her feet and slowly removed her panties, kicking them off towards the guard. I have no idea what I'm doing, she said, stepping to the man, putting her arms around him, her hands falling down his back and gripping his ass. But does it really matter? I'm game to whatever right now. The man quickly fumbled with his uniform, trying to get his pants open. You know you can't get out of here, right? There's ten levels of security between you and the outside. Beth grabbed him hard and pulled him towards her. Right now, there's nothing between us. She kissed him deeply and he lifted her from the ground, her legs wrapping tightly around his waist. Jesus! Brian whispered as the woman's lips and tongue moved up and down his penis, making it near impossible to breathe. Christ! The woman stopped and Brian couldn't tell where she was. The cool air drying the saliva off his cock, adding even more sensation. Suddenly, she gripped him, straddling his lap once again, and before he knew it, he was inside her as she ground down slowly. Help her, Brian, she cooed. Help her get over her blocks and do what she needs to do. Beth pulled her mouth away from the man and still gripped about his waist. She reached down and felt his stiff cock. Don't move, she whispered as she put the man inside her and began to hammer away as if her life depended on it. The woman ground and ground, and soon Brian began to thrust, matching her rhythm. He knew he was getting close and struggled to hang on. Not yet, Brian. You aren't done yet. He felt her tighten about him, squeezing the base of his penis with her muscles, keeping him from going over the edge. Holy shit, the guard cried out as he fell back against the wall, nearly toppling over from Beth's enthusiastic pounding. Holy shit! Beth felt herself grow so wet she wasn't sure she would be able to feel anything for much longer. She increased her speed and pulled the man closer to her, trying to get the best position possible. I can't hold on, Brian screamed as he climaxed. Beth screamed, her body reaching orgasm, and before she knew what she was doing, her hands had moved to the guard's head and she twisted violently, snapping his neck instantly. The two of them collapsed to the floor as the guard's life left him. Beth quickly pushed herself away from the dead man, shocked at what she had done. Her legs were weak from orgasm and she had a hard time crawling over to her panties. She frantically tried to pull them on, but her coordination was off. Ugh, 
Melissa moaned, shakily pushing herself up to a semi-seated position. What's going on? Is that you, freak? Yeah, Bess said quietly. Where are we? Melissa asked, rubbing at her face, and she saw the form upon the ground. Is that guy dead? Beth didn't answer as she continued to struggle with her underwear and her sanity. What are you doing with your pants? Melissa asked. Why does it smell like fucking in here? Oh, fuck! The guard yelled as he watched Beth snap his colleague's neck on the hollow. He shoved his own penis back into his uniform and slammed the alarm activation key. A piercing whistle filled the cell, and both girls covered their ears. What the fuck is going on? Melissa yelled. Did you just fuck that guy? Beth didn't answer as the world began to swim around her, and she felt that feeling from the beach come over her. The woman held Brian inside her as she nibbled at his ear. What's happening, Brian? Brian felt himself move to the other place, to the place with the girl, and he knew what had happened, what the girl had done while he and the woman had done the same thing. There are alarms, Brian responded. I hear alarms. Good, the woman said, finally releasing him and pushing away from his lap. That means they will be coming. <laughs> no pun intended. What happens when they get there? Brian asked. What do I do to help her? The woman gave the tip of Brian's still hard penis a playful flick. Kill them, Brian. Kill them all. Beth stood up and began to search the dead man's body. What are you looking for? Melissa asked, getting to her feet and taking a deep breath, trying to fight off the dizziness. She waved her hand in front of her nose. Damn, girl, you're going to need to wash. That's some crazy funk coming off your twat. Shut the fuck up, Mel, and help me find some B.C., Beth growled. Melissa looked at Beth sharply, unsure of her tone of voice. You feeling okay? Melissa asked. You sound different. Am I okay? Beth laughed as Melissa began to help search the guard's corpse for any trace of B.C. they might be able to use. I just fucked some random stranger for no reason, then snapped his neck like it was nothing when I came. Kinky, Mel said, but I guess it did the trick. The sound of boots echoed down the hall. Here they come, Mel called out, stepping away from the door. I hope you have a plan beyond getting your homicidal jollies off. Beth looked down at the dead man and kicked his face in frustration. Teeth shattered and clattered to the floor. Beth grinned and picked up the teeth, seeing the glint of B.C. fillings. Let's hear it for bad hygiene. What are you going to do with those? Melissa asked, looking at the six molars in Beth's hands, watching the B.C. melt from them and reform. The door burst open and Beth flung the B.C. at the first two guards that came through, mentally directing the metal at a velocity to the defied physics. The B.C., now fully formed slugs, ripped through each man's left eye and exploded out the backs of their heads, then redirected and shot through the next two men behind them and the next two behind them and the next two and the next two and the next two until all that filled the hallway was corpse after corpse. Melissa stared at Beth in awe. Who the holy fuck are you, freak? Don't call me freak, Beth answered, not looking at Melissa as she stepped over the corpses and out into the brightness of the hallway. been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. 
This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.